You're listening to the Business and Barbecue Podcast, hosted by Tim Harridge. Tim Harridge is an active entrepreneur who built and sold six companies by the age of 40 and enjoys sharing the ups and downs of business and entrepreneur life. As for the barbecue, that's just something he has a passion for and likes to share as well. Here's your host, Tim Harridge. All right, all right. What's cooking, everybody? Tim Harridge here with another episode of the Business and Barbecue Podcast. Thank you so much for stopping by. I've been missing. I've been missing in action. It has been a interesting 2020. The elections are behind us. The pandemic is here, is going away. Who knows? About two months ago, I started doing a monthly broadcast for my REI Masterminds membership group. I thought today would be a great day to get started on the podcast again. So I'll start releasing some of the content I have. It's pre-recorded. It's mainly focused on real estate investing. And I'm going to really put an effort into putting more content out there over the fall. So, you know, still bar- still barbecue, still real estate investing, still business in general. I thought about creating multiple podcasts, having a barbecue podcast, having a business podcast, having a real estate investing podcast. But let's face it. I can't even consistently do this podcast. So for now, we're just going to keep the business barbecue podcast. Just going to plow forward. I'm going to share with you what I have to share. I'm going to share with you my opinions on the real estate market. I'll share with you my personal preferences and taste preferences in the barbecue area. And hopefully we build a nice little community of real estate investors, of business people, of barbecue enthusiasts that uh, are excited about growing in every realm. So that's it. I'm going to go ahead and stop running my mouth. What you're going to have here is the recording from the third Tuesday of October, where I do a little market overview and talk about some real estate investing platforms. Now, If you would like to see these live when they come out, what you want to do is hop on over to my YouTube channel. Just go type in Tim Harridge in YouTube and you'll find it. I've got thousands of videos on YouTube uh, about real estate investing primarily. Or go hop on over to my Facebook page, which just type in Tim Harridge uh, and you'll find it there too. And uh, yeah, you can watch them live. Uh, Well, not live. I I premiere them at about six o'clock on the third Tuesday of every month. So this is the one from a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I've got some other things I'm going to just start releasing through the podcast channel over the next couple of weeks. Uh, that's it. Hope everyone is doing great. On with the show. Do some quick hits, a little market overview, talk about some platforms I'm using, and then talk about why we're in a seller's market and how long we're going to be. Everything we're going to talk about today, the data is provided by the National Association of Realtors. We'll talk about InvestorWell, REI Choice Insurance, Best Home Buyers, and InstantEquity.com. Market overview. What's going on? <laughs> so if you take a look at the month supply, you see that we stayed flat in August from July, which is still lower than it's been in the last 12 months. The month, the low supply on the market is really fueling the seller's market we find ourselves in. If you look at the regional sales by price, you see the low price band 
is down a lot year over year. And you got to get really into that 250, 500 to start moving up in the year over year change. When you look at sales distribution, you see that the fifth, the zero to 100K market has basically disappeared from the United States. The one, the 100 to 250 is, is gaining a lot of steam and the rest of the majority stays in that 250 to 500. When you look at the market conditions, August of 2020 versus August of 2019, Sales to first-time home buyers, the percentages are up. Sales to investors, the percentages are flat. Cash sales were down in 2020 versus 2019. Distressed sales were down in 2020 versus 19. And days on the market are down by a whopping 30% in 2020 versus 2019. When you look at the sales by price range, you can easily see the sweet spot. 100 to 250 is 33%. 250 to 500 is 41%. Put those together, 74% of all sales in the United States are between $100,000 and $500,000. And if you look, the median home prices continue to climb and even climb during the pandemic. Look at existing home sales, year, percent change year over year. We started out the year pretty strong. Obviously took a pretty good dip during the lockdown phase of the pandemic. July recovered and August outpaced July. When you look at the median price, the median price, even in the middle of the lockdown, was still up year over year. But now, after the end of summer, the median price is well over 10% year over year increase. I want to talk to you a little bit about InvestorWell. InvestorWell, real estate funding made easy. This is my new lending company. I'm happy to introduce you to it. We're doing fix and flip loans, 650 minimum FICO score. Rates start around 8%, up to 75% of the ARV not to exceed 90% of the purchase and 100% of the renovation. Refinance is a little lower LTV if you've got a loan against it, but if you're pulling cash out, the LTV drops a little bit more. On our short-term bridge, if, you've, if you're the type of person that likes to buy rental properties and put them all on a line, get them seasoned up, get them rented out, an acquisition line, an aggregation line, however you want to say it, we've got a program for you. A little bit lower LTVs for this, but it's a 24 month term, so you can really get them uh, purchased, renovated, rented out, get a rent history, and then you can do a portfolio refinance or pick them off one at a time. And this is on almost every collateral type, not just single family. Rental loans are coming back fast. This is just on single family condos and townhomes. We've got 30 year amortizations, 30 year fixed, starting in the low, in the high fours. Uh, this is going to keep moving down, but it's a great time to refinance. When you can lock in 30-year debt in your company name at a 75 LTV, it, it, it's a good day and a good decision. Uh, it does have a prepayment penalty uh, that slowly goes down over the first five years, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 1% 1 in year 5 or year 4. And then the DSCR is 110. So check out InvestorWell.com. You can apply on the website. We'll get you an answer really quick. REI Choice Insurance, like I say, I don't say it enough, you can save up to 20% in less than 20 minutes. Insurance costs are going up, rates are up across the board, call it global warming, call it profit center, doesn't really matter, the bottom line is insurance rates are going up. And from what I'm being told, you can expect annual increases really from here on out. Lots of hailstorms, lots of tornadoes, lots of hurricanes, and 
the investor business is getting more and more common. And so the loss rates are going up. I recommend you increase coverages. We'll talk a little bit in the, here later in the uh, broadcast about replacement cost. But if you're one of those investors that typically insures your rental properties, let's say for 50 to 80% of what you think it's worth, be careful. With the way labor's going up, the way construction materials are going up, I think you could find yourself upside down if you were to have a catastrophic loss, let's say the house burned down. Highly recommend you increase your coverages. Just think, what would it cost? Because there's no reason in having replacement cost coverage if you don't have enough coverage to rebuild the structure, right? So figure out how much it would cost to, if the house burned down to rebuild the house. And my advice is just always make sure you're insured for that amount. Uh, we made some changes recently at REI Choice. Now you only pay for the days you have coverage. So say you bind your property insurance tonight on October 21st, you're only going to pay 11 days worth of ins of insurance. I keep saying interest of insurance for this month. And then say that you bought a house today and you were going to wholetail it really quick and you were going to sell it by the 14th day of November. Well, when you cancel that policy, you only owe for 14 days of that month. So these new payment terms are, are with you in mind. We have so many investors that use our insurance for odd periods of time, not the full traditional year like uh, old insurance products used to be. So we updated the payment terms to be more fair to you and frankly, to make us more appealing. I say bind in five minutes. Now with the online portal, it takes me less than three minutes to bind insurance. Simply log into the portal, hit get a quote, type in the address, type in how much you wanna insure it for, hit next, Pops up the quote. If you like it, you hit bind policy and you're done. Download a PDF within minutes. Email it off to the title company and your lender and you're good to go. Check out RIChoice.com. Stop by, get a quote. If you have more than 15 houses, give us a call and we'll be happy to get you a custom master policy. If you haven't checked out InstantEquity.com recently, obviously highly recommend you do so. It's a platform that I used to run. Uh, I had uh, paid a developer all kinds of money to uh, develop it and I didn't like it. So I completely rebuilt it. It's a lot more user-friendly now. You can log on with your social media accounts. It is free to post wholesale deals for sale and free to look for wholesale deals. So check out instantequity.com. There are some options where if you wanna pay a little bit extra, I can text message it out for you and make it a featured property, but it's free, use it. There's thousands of investors a day looking for property on it. That's the new website. If you sign up at the little form there below, with your email, you'll be able to get deal alerts the minute a new deal is posted, which is a big deal because speed gets you the deal. Uh, you don't want to, I think half the calls we get on our wholesale deals is someone asking, Are the, is it still available? And all too often the answer is no. If you haven't checked out Best Home Buyers, I just completely rebuilt it as well. Best Home Buyers is an online directory for those that buy houses. What you can do is you can list your your, your business your logo, your website, a little video, and a full description and backlink to your website. This will help you with SEO and add credibility to your business. There's more than 500 investors nationwide with a profile on besthomebuyers.com. Make sure your business is listed there. Now, blew through that as fast as I could because nobody likes a commercial, but let's talk a little bit about the seller's market. So I saw some, a buddy of mine on Facebook the other day kind of 
talking about how wholesalers need to realize that the risk is on the investor that buys the house from them. And that is true. But I think it's important that everybody realize that we're in an unprecedented seller's market. And it's driven by all these factors. And I'll just kind of go through them and wrap it up. Record low inventory uh, here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Well, nationwide, you have less than three months inventory available. And that's across all price bands. There's some price bands here in Dallas-Fort Worth that are below one month supply. So the absorption rate right, says there's X number of buyers in the market and X number of houses. And how long would it take the buyers in the market to get through the available houses? Well, right now, there's DFW as a whole is below 2% or two months. There's some areas that are below a month. Healthy market for us is about four months. Nationwide, a healthy market is six months. So just the low inventory is quantified, tells you there's less than 50% of the healthy amount of inventory available. What's that driven by? Well, number one, houses sell really fast right now. That's why you saw days on the market were down 30%. Well, one of the things is interest rates. We've seen purchase contracts recently with rates that start with a two. 2% 2 interest rates increases the borrower's buying borrowing capacity substantially. So interest rates are playing a large factor in the inventory for that reason and the refinancing reason, which I'll discuss in a minute. Rising material costs. So if you're an active flipper, you probably heard or saw that a couple of weeks ago, there was no treated lumber like anywhere in the United States. Um, here in Dallas-Fort Worth, if you wanted fence pickets, uh, you just couldn't get them. And, you know, blame it on the pandemic, uh, blame it on global warming, blame it on whatever you want. But the bottom line is a sheet of plywood for my roof is normally less than $10. And a couple of weeks ago, it was $24. So, material costs are going through the roof because of interrupted supply chains. And then you have rising labor costs. Labor is just more expensive. It's been a trend for five years. It was one of the problems. These two were one of the problems we had with our Elevate Fund trying to flip houses for investors in a different model. Uh, it, it was just our rehab budgets were just going up and up and up and up. And it was because, well, a day laborer. When I got in this business, you could swing by the day labor center and pick someone up for $100 a day. And you paid them cash and bought their lunch. Well, I was having lunch with a couple of investors the other day at a barbecue joint, and they're telling me now it's $200 a day and you still got to buy them lunch. Uh, so literally there's you know day laborers, because there's so much construction activity, uh, housing permits are setting records too. There's so much construction act activity that there's not enough labor to do the work. So labor costs in turn go up. It's all supply and demand. Now, this entire seller's market is driven by supply and demand. Now, refinancing activity. So what's happening right now is if you live in a house that 10 years ago was worth $150,000, it's probably worth around $250,000 now. And typically in the American buying cycle, every seven years, the average person would buy 2.3 houses. And that was because natural family formation, right? Someone, they get out of college, they get married, they live in an apartment, then they get, or they get they get out of college, live in an apartment. They move in together, they get married, they buy a house. They have a kid, they buy a bigger house. They have another kid, they buy a bigger house. And then eventually the kids move out and then they start stepping back down the ladder and they uh, downsize, downsize, downsize. Well, right now, if you have that one of that, that house that was 150, 
and now it's worth 250, it's very attractive to sell it. And I ha this happens with me all the time with my sellers. But when you start looking for another house, like where you're going to move next, then all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, the house that's smaller than what I'm in right now costs more than the house that I'm in right now. And so what happens is people are now just taking advantage of low refinance rates, doing home improvement projects and staying where they're at. And there's a little bit of a kind of COVID issue where people, you know, they're just really unsure about the economy and the market. And there's just a lot of high competition right now. There's so many investors in the market. Uh, the iBuyers are back. And even last week, Invitation Homes, there was a press release that, you know, they own over 80,000 houses. And now they are part, they, the, the, a money manager gave them 250 million. They put in 250 million and they're going to buy, spend that half a billion dollars on more houses. And then they're going to start managing those houses for the uh, money manager in the partnership and charging a fee, which is a lot like the old multifamily model that we saw kind of uh, take shape in the 80s and early 90s, where some of the biggest multifamily owners in the nation ended up owning or managing properties for other institutions, hedge funds, that type of thing. So now we're starting to see that in the single family sector, which is just, it's fueling the competition. And last but not least, replacement costs. I highly recommend if you're an investor and you're looking at a house, let's say you're going to buy it for 150 and it needs 50 worth of work and it's worth 250, right? So you're going to be in it for 200. I can almost guarantee you that you couldn't build that house for $200,000. And there's another thing, if you, and buy the lot. So there's this replacement cost factor that nobody really talks about, but it's real. And I mean, there's plenty of 2,000 square foot houses in Dallas, Texas, that you can buy for $200,000, $250,000. And think about it. Right now, for a really high level finish out, you pay $150 a foot to build a house. So if you pay $150 a foot at 2,000 feet, right? You're in it for $300,000 just in build costs. And you still got to buy the land. So there's another 60 grand, right? So you're in this house for 360. So that's why houses are able to keep going up because you can't build the a new house within, you know, X number of miles of these properties for that price. So I think there's still room to go. I think the seller's market, you know, the, the Fed has said that interest rates will stay at or near zero for the foreseeable future, that coupled with rising labor markets, rising material costs, rising land prices, and low interest rates just tells me we're going to have super low inventory for this foreseeable future. I'm thinking two to five years, and that's going to keep us in a rising market at least until the price of the homes and replacement costs until the price of the existing homes catch up with the replacement cost. So if you're in the real estate business, the good news is I think we've got a lot of good years ahead of us. If you're sitting there wishing for the days of old, I mean, don't wish too much because I, I just don't think they're ever coming back. But anyway, that's my monthly update. This month's not that long. Next month, I'm going to do my best to get Rick Shargon here to talk about the coming wave of foreclosures. Foreclosure activity is going to peak in early 2021, some of that depends on the election and housing policies, but there's a lot of people in forbearances and there's a lot of people that can't make their payments. And uh, there's a lot of uh, 
governmental interference and private property rights that have been preventing foreclosures. So that's one of those things. I don't think it hurts values as much as it creates opportunities, but you need to educate yourself and make sure you're not bidding against the big hedge funds because, and, you know, just figure out what their price band is, what their type of asset is and where they're buying. And then, you know, buy something different or somewhere else because it's hard to compete with half a billion dollars when you're just an individual real estate investor. That's it. Thank you for your time. Hope everything is well. Uh, do me a favor, mash the little like button, share this with your friends. I hope it was helpful and uh, we'll see you next month. Thanks for listening to the Business and Barbecue Podcast. Make sure you check out our other episodes and stop by timherridge.com to say hi. We want to hear from you. Until next time, keep, keep cooking. cooking.